On episode number 11 of the Smashcast, we talk all things trade deadline. The Nashville Predators, they weren't really buyers, but maybe more importantly, they weren't sellers. Uh, And I'm going to ask Mark Howard how this team is motivated after a trade deadline where David Poyle decided, you know what, I think we just run it back with the guys we have uh, instead of selling away potential unrestricted free agents uh, in Mikhail Granlund and Craig Smith. Plus, I'm going to take a look at some of the bigger deals done around the NHL, uh, some winners and losers, if you will, uh, teams that stood pat and teams that maybe should have done a little bit more uh, in the trade deadline this past season. 21 games to go. Let's talk about the next three. It's episode number 11 of the Smash Cast, and it starts now. In-depth coverage of the Nashville Predators in a 104.5 The Zone digital exclusive. This is the Smashcast with Will Bowling and Mark Howard. This is episode number 11 of the Smashcast, the trade deadline in the rear view. Let's talk about it. Uh, Talking about what David Poyle uh, had to say after uh, the one move he made yesterday. Uh, We'll also break down that move itself uh, here on this trade deadline episode. Alongside Mark Howard, I'm Will Bowling. And uh, Mark, I know you guys had David Poyle on the wake-up zone this morning. Uh, as we record this on a Tuesday morning. Um, what, if anything, kind of stuck out uh, about what he had to say uh, regarding what his team did or really didn't do yesterday on the trade deadline? Well, David was encouraged by the fact that the team uh, is 8-4-1 uh, in its last 13, spoke to players on the team, sort of took its pulse, and, and he felt like he was going to stand pat. Uh, he was. I, I think it was more, would he trade? Some of the some of the guys on expiring contracts, uh, like Grantland and, uh, and and Craig Smith, and he you know Matt Irwin uh, you know is a guy that he dealt for uh, you know Corbinian Holzer, a bigger defenseman, uh, also traded a draft pick, and also got Ben Harper from Mika Salamaki uh, on Friday, and Harper again a big body uh, that you can put in the third D pairing like Holzer, but really you know David said. You know, there was some mild interest. Uh, you know, he's not going to not answer his phone. Uh, I, I My theory is he was looking for a number one maybe for Grantland, and, uh, and that didn't materialize. And I think, you know, once you get past the first round, it does become kind of a crapshoot. Uh, so I, I think the way David looked at it was that he was going to hold on to his prospective free agents and try to get a playoff spot and – you know, you look at the math, uh, it's still favorable for the Predators with games in hand and all that. And I think he, he believes that with the addition of Ryan Ellis, who would be you know, sort of like a, a trade deadline addition, uh, finally back from uh, being concussed, that this is going to be a better team on the back end. And we'll see how they respond the last 21 games. You're talking about Corbinian Holzer, a 32-year-old defenseman. Uh, He's skated in a career-high 46 games uh, with the Anaheim Ducks this season. Uh, Just a goal and three assists uh, while averaging 16 minutes of ice time, his most uh, since the 2012-2013 campaign. Uh, So, of course, as you said, David Poyle gives up Matt Irwin uh, plus a sixth-round pick. How much of an impact can a guy like this make? Because I know we've talked about this team's inability to stop speed teams. Um, 
does this address that issue at all in getting bigger uh, and plugging in a new guy on that third defensive pairing? No, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, and and really, <laughs> Pretty much what I was expecting. <laughs> for a guy like Holzer, uh, there are some size teams out there that I think David's concerned about that he feels like they get pushed around uh, against. And so, you know, his response will be to put some bigger bodies out there. And, you know, that's where he decided to address, you know, his team a little bit with some minor augmentations and just hoping uh, that the roster that he has will be good enough. You know, I I think he's encouraged by the goaltending. I think he's encouraged at least by the bottom six. And by the way, uh, Rocco Grimaldi, you know, got a two-year deal for four million, and he earned it. Uh, this is a guy who's been in the league for five, six years, mostly on a two-way contract, where he'd get paid a certain amount in the AHL and a certain amount in the NHL, which meant you know these teams sort of viewed him as a back of the roster guy. But he has earned his keep with the Predators. Ten goals and twenty assists this year. One of the few, one of the few forwards. Uh, who's really paid, uh, uh, produced above his pay grade. Yeah, you kind of led me exactly to my next question because uh, when you talk about rewarding players for what they've done on the ice and, and kind of doing good business in giving guys extensions and giving guys raises that deserve it, Rocco Grimaldi is absolutely the top of that list. And uh, obviously he had the big um, uh, final punch in the Columbus game in that shootout and getting the win there. Uh, but... I know he played so well in the playoffs last year against Dallas, maybe one of two or three players that really lived up to the expectations there. Had but, three goals. Uh, yeah, but I, I, honestly, how surprised are you that he's continued to kind of match the production that he had really in limited uh, reps against Dallas? Well, he had had good years before in the American League. Uh, he had been a guy you know, who had shown the ability to score goals, but he is a guy who lives shift by shift. You love a player like that. The Preds have had energy guys in the past. In their, you know, 2017 run, they had Harry Zolnerchuk, you know, who, you know, changes organizations every year. He's just one of those guys. And Grimaldi was sort of like that. Uh, he was drafted by the Ducks, uh, played a little bit with Colorado, a little bit with Florida, had a great year a few years ago in the American League. I think he had over 30 goals. And he's been able to translate it uh, to the NHL. And he he plays on heart and hustle. And, and David Poyle loves a guy like that. You just hope uh, that maybe uh, you know what he has uh, can be transferred over to some of the other more talented players uh, because they should they should all have the work ethic and and competitiveness and desire of uh, of Rocco Grimaldi. So am I right in maybe saying that the Predators might? If they're going to make the playoffs, and I know it's not time to start picking your opponent or, or having the conversation of which team you'd maybe rather play, but but humor me for a minute here, because I think at this point the Predators might match up much better with the St. Louis Blues than the Colorado team that's coming to town this weekend with the way that top line plays and uh, with everything they've been able to do in rebuilding that organization. And then you compare just how well the Predators have played against the Blues at this point. Yes, you just want to make the playoffs and, and get into the dance and have a chance. Uh, but I'd almost be okay with the Predators getting that last wild card spot than the first one at this point. Well, I would I would beg to differ with that, Will. They have really owned the avalanche over the last seven or eight years. 
And it, it just seems to be a Pecorine goes out there and falls down. He gets a victory. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the Avs gave him some trouble, you know, in the playoffs a couple of years ago. They're a better team now, obviously, uh, with the additions. And Rantanen's having uh, – Rantanen and McKinnon are having great years. Uh, you know, Samuel Girard, former Pred, has matured into a top-four defenseman. I, I still question their goaltending. Uh, I, I think uh, – I fear St. Louis a lot more. I am not uh, persuaded at all – by what the Preds did against the Blues in the regular season. You, know, you go back to that last game here. The Blues totally outplayed yeah, them. The Preds and the, and no the Predators found a way to win. They, <laughs> yeah, they just found a way to win. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I could I could give you reasons with each team. You know, the Blues are the defending Stanley Cup champs. Uh, I don't want to say complacency is set in because they're back on track. Uh, you know, and they're tough when Bennington's playing well. Uh, and it's usually Bennington over Jake Allen where – I'm really not afraid of Colorado's goaltending, and you know, so so I would be uh, a lot happier to see the Preds against the Avs than the Blues, at least in my opinion. So here's what I'm watching for over these next couple games, and of course, you've got a, a big home stand going on right now, uh, a huge one against Calgary uh, on Thursday night, and then you get Colorado in Bridgestone Arena on Saturday night. I want to see how motivated this team is by David Poyle's ability to just kind of run it back a little bit. Uh, you don't add any big pieces, but the the message to me at this point, if I'm on that team in that locker room, is that David Pula at least still believes enough in this roster to not sell and not make drastic changes either direction. And that, I think, hopefully has got to be a motivating factor for guys uh, like a Ryan Johansson, like a Victor Arvidsson, like a Matt Duchesne, uh, who are moved down to the bottom two lines again against Columbus uh, and are still looking for more consistency right now in that locker room. Well, I would counter by saying if they're not motivated by the desire to get into the playoffs, never mind getting uh, Mr. Poyle's blessing, sure. then what are they there for? Uh, I just I don't understand this team. I don't. They've frustrated me. They've confounded me. Uh, you're right, though. I mean, they've, they've played great against good competition, good teams, not so well against bad teams. Watch, they'll lose to Ottawa tonight. Ottawa, after yep. trading Peugeot and, you know, playing last night. Uh, it, it's just it's just the crazy world of the Nashville Predators. John Hines is still trying to get a handle on this team. I like what he's done. He's created a meritocracy. In other words, you, wh- how much you play is how much you earn it. And and that, that, to me, is the way to go. And he's not playing any favorites, obviously, when he drops Duchesne to the fourth line. And he puts uh, Johansson uh, as the center of the third line. Now, you know, the number of those lines, uh, you know, obviously are, are only relevant uh, when you look at the at the pregame depth chart. But minutes played is always interesting to look for. And collectively, you know, most of the big names on the Predators played all of 11 seconds on the power play against Columbus. And that was a lot more telling than the line combinations because they, they tend to change during a game. But it's, but it's Hines telling these guys, you know, I need you. I, I, I need more buy-in. I need more competitiveness. Uh, I need more jam. Now, Johansson scored in the first minute of the game against Columbus. Forsberg got two assists. It's a little bit better. But Columbus was a glorified AHL team. I mean, Oliver Bjorkstrand, their top scorer, (laughs) was out injured, uh, you know, really out for the season. And other than that, like four of their top five or five of their top six were out with injuries. 
So they were mainly, you know, a f- using a bunch of fill-ins from their from their minor league team uh, in the AHL. So, you know, for the Preds to win in an eight-round shootout should not have happened. They got up. They played a good first period. They played a terrible second period. They were the beneficiaries of kind of a fluky goal by Colton Sissons. And yeah, they 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 got the deuce, but how they arrived there just makes me shake my head. So, I don't know where this team is coming from. Uh, they're they're obviously, uh, uh, you know, the talent uh, is not as good as the the sum of its parts, uh, and that's troubling. Uh, and when they wake up, if they wake up, you know, remains a question mark. Again, we got twenty one to go, plenty of time to get hot, plenty of time for these guys to sort of wake up. Let's see what happens. We absolutely will. A big week this week, uh, as you said, Ottawa. Colorado and Calgary kind of sandwiched the middle there. Then you got four games next week that we'll discuss uh, here in episode 12 coming up next week. Mark, we appreciate it and we look forward to it again next week. My pleasure, Will. Let's go around the league and talk about this trade deadline on a Monday afternoon. That's when uh, the deadline closed. And then on a Tuesday morning, let's preview uh, the Ottawa Senators a little bit. Ottawa makes a big trade, shipping off Jean-Gabriel Pajot, a 27-year-old on pace for just over 30 goals this season. Uh, He's now a New York Islander, which I guess is also good for the Preds because they've already beaten up on the Islanders uh, twice this season. Um, but they give up, New York does, a conditional first-round pick in 2020, a second-round pick in 2020, as well as a conditional third-rounder in 2022. So this is, just with that trade, uh, a, a very depleted Ottawa Senators roster because they're giving up their best player uh, and getting nothing back in return. So obviously this is a game that Nashville uh, should easily win uh, here on Tuesday night in Bridgestone Arena. Uh, but that's been the M.O., for that Ottawa Senators team, turned capital into draft picks, uh, and that's exactly what they've done again in this trade with the New York Islanders. A couple teams that have uh, received not-so-great reviews uh, are a couple teams that the Predators are battling with, uh, starting with the Calgary Flames. They'll come to town Thursday night. Um, they were in the market for a scoring winger, uh, and then they come home with just defense help, uh, and Eric Gustafson and Derek Forbert. Um, uh, Gustafson, of course, will will kind of slide into that bottom pairing, that second pairing, uh, and help them out. Um, but that's a banged up defensive group awaiting the return of Mike Mark Giordano uh, and, and Travis Hamonic. So maybe not a, a terrible move for Calgary, but they they certainly didn't get what they were out to get, um, and that's a scoring winger. So obviously Nashville not not just battling with them Thursday either. Uh, the Predators are going to have uh, lots of battles between the Flames and somebody else uh, be important to them in the wild card race as they push uh, for that last spot in the Western Conference wild card. So the Dallas Stars, another team that really needed some offensive help. They didn't get it. Uh, Dallas, 25th in the NHL in goals per game and 23rd in shots on goal per minute. Uh, this is a team that really... Uh, played well last postseason, not just against the Predators, um, but also against the St. Louis Blues where they lost in double overtime in Game 7. 
uh, to, to the future Stanley Cup champions. Uh, but that's a team that's battling right now for the lead in the Central Division. Uh, didn't really upgrade um, in the uh, in the forward realm, in the winger realm. Uh, of course, they got Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry in the summer. Uh, so maybe that's what they thought they needed. Uh, they're just going to ride with that. Uh, but Dallas, uh, a team that's got the defense, that's got the goaltending, uh, did not really do much uh, to help themselves offensively. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've been dominant since the start of December. They're 28-8-2 uh, since the start of December. Uh, they do give up a first-round pick uh, in a trade with the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Barclay Goudreau, who's a checker, um, uh, they send a first-round pick. They also get San Jose's third back. So I guess the rationale is when you're picking in the late 30s anyway, um, you're basically giving up a second-round pick at that point. Um, but Tampa Bay, they're going to go all in again. Uh, they, of course, added Patrick Maroon in the offseason. Uh, they got um, a, a couple of moves done uh, this year. They get Blake Coleman uh, again as well, uh, but certainly an interesting team to watch on the eastern side of things, a team that was so disappointed in the way their season ended last year, and with good reason, uh, falling in the first round, getting swept by the eight-seed Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how different they look uh, with a couple of new faces in there here for the stretch run. So the Nashville Predators, they're right in the mix, still games in hand, uh, on the Arizona Coyotes, four games in hand to be exact, uh, on the team that's occupying the final wild card spot right now at 70 points. Uh, but Nashville, three games in hand on the Winnipeg Jets where they sit just one point uh, behind their Central Division rivals. Um, right now, it's it's probably going to be tough to get back in the Central Division picture and get that three seed. Uh, the Dallas Stars right now third in the Central with 78, so Nashville 10 points back of that spot. Uh, and once you get kind of higher up the standings, too, uh, those t- other teams in the central at the top of the division um, ha- have played about as much as the Predators. Uh, Colorado's played 61, just like Nashville has, uh, and Dallas has played 62, just like the Predators have. So certainly going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, the Predators, four games next week, three of them against central division opponents. Uh, and, of course, like we said earlier on this show, uh, Calgary on Thursday is a huge one. Uh, you should beat Ottawa tonight, uh, but then Colorado Saturday. We'll see if uh, Mark Howard is right and this Preds team still kind of has their number uh, despite the way things have gone this season. Well, thanks so much for joining us here on episode number 11, episode 12. We're likely going to drop that next Wednesday after the back-to-back on Monday, Tuesday uh, for the Nashville Predators. The, the homestand is here. Enjoy it while you got it because the SEC tournament's coming up. Uh, This team will be out of Bridgestone Arena for a while, uh, but certainly lots of good hockey on deck with the trade deadline in the rear view. It's the sprint to the finish, 21 games left. We'll recap it all coming up next week once again here on the Smashcast. Thanks for listening.